Welcome to Book Bumble, the podcast for people who love to read. In each episode, we'll introduce a stack of books that are tied together with a common connection to help take a deeper dive into each story. We provide a space to talk books that is friendly and deep with a little hint of geek. I'm Laura Pleasance. And I'm Leslie Hopping. And we are two friends who love spending time with our families, visiting libraries, and reading great books. We are so happy you joined us. Let's get started. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Laura. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're bringing you a shorty, an episode with just two books, and we hope it might be just what you'd need. Our short stack is tied together with a common theme of books we recommended to each other. Mm -hmm. Homework. Homework. (laughs) Let's get right into it and see how we did. Laura, I wanted you to read A Well-Behaved Woman by Therese Ann Fowler. What did you think? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I loved this book. So it was published in 2019 and I totally missed it. You talked about this book on our episode about the Gilded Age. Yes. So the book is a historical novel about the life of Alva Smith Vanderbilt from her early life in poverty after the Civil War, left their family totally destitute until the time of her second marriage when she had literally become one of the most prominent women in the country and very, very rich. Very rich. One of the things that struck me the most was an interview with the author who said that when she had basically finished the book, she realized that she had portrayed Alva through the lens that society often uses to describe strong women in in a sort of a negative way, making her seem like a bully, really pushy and abrasive. And she realized that Alva had been very mischaracterized, even in her own biographies. And she felt like Alva had been seen through a sexist lens. So she actually tried to see Alva as society would describe an accomplished man. Mm. And she rewrote. Wow. I had no idea. Can you believe that? Yes, because she has been, Alva has been described in other books, and you're exactly right. When I read this book, I was like, what? I mean, this was Mm -hmm. a whole different lens. I can't believe she rewrote it. I know. It's amazing. So I actually did some research, shocking, (laughs) about Alva, and I found that exactly. She was Mm -hmm. described as like an abusive mother. Yes. And yeah. it was just so interesting mm-hmm. to because, and I'm going to be honest, this is not good. When I read that about her, and it, I read that about her as I was reading the book, okay, I was like, oh, "Wow, what right. is this book even talking about?" Because right. it really describes sort of a different relationship. It does. And but then I read the, uh, or I listened to an interview the with interview. the author, and I was like, "What?" So that was so cool. So I love this because since Alva was a real person, Mm -hmm. she was obviously complex and nuanced and not all one way or another, just like every single person in the world. She was just under a spotlight. She was. Yeah. So Alva did what she needed to do to get her family out of poverty, which was she had to marry. Yes. And she had to be very conniving. No, that no. See, that's using that yes. sexist 
lens. She had to be very smart about the yes. choices that she made mm-hmm. to get herself because that was what women yeah. had to do at you that time. You had to time. put yourself in the right position. Right. Go to the right parties. Right. Go to the right schools. Right. So you were introduced to the people you would want to connect yourself with. That was exactly. the only way to, to build yourself. Yeah. And so she had to do it. She had to take care of these sisters and she had to marry mm-hmm. William Vanderbilt. And then later she had to do what she needed to do to be mm-hmm. part of this gilded age society, which was so, wow. so controlled by Mrs. Astor. Mm-hmm. She had to do what was necessary to help her children. And finally, <laughs> this was something that I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. She stood up for herself by divorcing William. Yeah. Wow. And that, that was surprising. Yes. Because I mean, you don't divorce a Vanderbilt. No. Or divorce. Or divorce. At all at, at the time. time. She didn't back down from anything. She was amazing. She broke so many rules and there were <laughs> so many rules for women of society during the Gilded Age. And I was just like, go, Alva, go. <laughs> she later married Oliver Belmont, who she had loved from afar for her whole life. And mm-hmm. he had also loved her. Alva was always trying to help others less fortunate. And she had really progressive views on equal rights for all people and women's causes. Mm-hmm. The book was such a great story, and it reminded me of how much I love reading a great novel about a real person. When I was a kid, I was totally into biographies. Loved that. There were some motifs of friendship and betrayal that wove in Mm -hmm. and out of this story, which helped Alva seem very relatable. I did this as an audio, and the performance was perfect. So... Thanks for reminding me about this book <laughs> and for making me read it, Leslie. You're welcome. It was good so, homework. I really kept my fingers crossed because, you know, sometimes you read a book and it's when you read it or mm-hmm. what stage you are. And right. I just, and I love the juxtaposition of a well-behaved woman and then the story. Yes. Yeah, I it was, I'm so it's glad terrific. I, it. I held my breath. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I loved it. So I assigned you the book. The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot by Marianne Cronin. How did I do with my assignment to you? Oh, holy cow. Again, another book. What the heck? How did I not read this? How did you not read it? It blew me away. Like you said about my book, I I really don't know how I missed out. And I'm so thankful that you made me read it. Good job. Lenny, at 17 years of age, finds herself in the May Ward at the Glasgow Princess Royal Hospital, where she's been told that she will never leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margot, 83 years old, finds herself in the hospital long term as well. They both know they can't take what little time they have left for granted, and they find each other in the art room. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually, it's a funny story the way they see each other the first time, but I'll let the, the listeners discover, discover that, that. Um, they discover that combined they have lived exactly 100 years and decide to leave an imprint to make a hundred small paintings depicting each year of their lives mm. and each painting of course comes with a story they share with one mm. another their friendship is mm. so 
heartwarming and unexpected. Heartwarming isn't even the right word. I What is the right word? I don't know. So intensely beautiful and yeah, it's like beautiful music that you it's just something that feels right mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to you'll understand when you read it and they tell each other things they've never told others as they open up in their artwork for one another the side characters are just as enjoyable I haven't cried with a book for some time mm-hmm. and I did a few times with this one one of those reflective feel-good cries and there were many parts that I reread, including um, many of the parts with Humphrey, mm-hmm. who you'll meet. I yes. just reread them because I don't know. It just made me feel so connected mm-hmm. and warm. My poor husband was just watching. We're Mets fans. And he was watching the game. And all of a sudden he looks over and I'm like literally crying. <laughs> Not from the Mets game, although it wasn't going well. Right. It was from yeah. this book. How I miss this, I will never know. But if you have also missed it, please, please find it. It is from 2021 or 2021. And I hope that because of this episode that it flies off the shelves into your hands. Um, The way Marion Cronin designed her characters was just masterful. And there are these little tidbits to look for that are fun to notice where the author really brings things full circle. Some are easy to notice, and others are like little Easter eggs hidden deep within the story mm-hmm. that I literally, like, <gasps> my breath would just, it was just a little mm-hmm. tiny sentence or a phrase. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, the circle that is just connected with that um, was amazing. It was so full of meaning and depth. I mean, I would, I will buy this and put it on my shelf mm-hmm. and I will read it again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, so I rarely cry mm-hmm. when I read a book, which is kind of strange because I'm an emotional person, but mm-hmm. I can remember vividly we were on vacation. Okay. We were sitting on a beach and I was sobbing. <laughs> And I just don't really do that with books. Right. It's, but it's it's but also it just feel... hopeful yes. and beautiful mm. and funny mm. and just the connections, the relationships. It's great. Uh, you did a fantastic job. I was actually surprised that you chose that one because it was really hard to choose just one to uh-huh. tell each other for yeah. me. Yeah. And you right away, you were like, this is the book that you must read. Yay. Okay. Thank you. We'll have to do this again. Yes. So that was the 100 years of Lenny Lenny and Margo. And And it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Thanks. So glad you joined us today. If you'd like some other titles that go along with this theme, check out our show notes from today's episode. Please share this episode with a friend and check us out on Instagram at The Book Bumble. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. Join us next time with a new bundle of wonderful reads. Until next time.